0: what's up brother how's it going mike okay good
1: so here we are uh it is we are now rolling into june what is it may 30th yep may 30th the time of this recording um we just had a wild week that finished up here um not only not only did we get the new job reports number that came out that said now 40 million on un- Amer- 40 million americans are unemployed one in every four. That's the equivalent of one in every four people in the United States. So we're seeing a lot of inequality happening within the economy. Um, also a lot of people that are out of work right now. So society is kind of starting to feel that pinch that we've talked about a lot in the past, um, especially you know, once you have a, a recession or a depression, which we think we're in right now. Um, so this could be the start of a longer stretch for these people. Uh, this week, we've also seen uh, the news reports come out of this police officer uh, kneeling on this gentleman's neck and killing him. And since we've had massive protests that uh, have erupted from that, um, I think that they're connected in uh, at least one aspect. And that, that comes down to uh, the inequality and really the people that do control the world, right, control the banking system, the elites, um, you know, the, the the people that have really kind of enslaved society. Uh, especially over the last 60 years, we've talked about from the economy, but these are also the same people uh, going back in time that were the first people to bring over a lot of the slaves and and start a lot of this inequality that we've had. So um, in today's episode, you know, I want the listeners to just stay open to the conversation. Uh, One thing that we always say is that right or wrong really isn't, isn't the question here. We're bringing up topics and exploring them and having open conversation around them. And I think that this needs to happen more in society. Um, So uh, you know, Mike, I know you've been covering this topic. Uh, Why don't you just give us an update?
0: Okay. Yes. For our listeners, uh, we're not trying to, we're not here siding with any political party. We're pretty independent from that. So please listen to this without, thinking about your political parties if you do belong to any. But right now, you know, we do believe in, um, in a system that is controlled by um, you know oligarchies per se. You could say you know bankers and um, traditional policymakers from back in the day going to uh, you know the Rockefellers and um, Henry Kissinger and all of that. Right now we are in a shift. Um, I do believe that we are in a new world order. A new, different, maybe a 2.0 or 3.0, whichever you want to actually look into. And I say this because, you know, um, the last world order or new world order that we went through was back from the 1944, 1945, Bretton Woods um, Accord, where they actually implemented their form of new world order, right? And from there, we had um, a new banking system. You know, from there, we got to it. swift. We went away from the dollar being backed by gold. Um, the petrol dollar was instilled and the United States actually led this forefront of um, that new world order. That's why you hear Henry Kissinger speak about it so much. And he pushes that policy. He start, you know, he tried to do that within the Middle East, which is why we've had conflicts with Syria ever since then with um, the whole connotations of terrorism and all that. There's a bunch that you could bring all the way into where we're at now right now, if you see we are printing massive amounts of um of currency, we're printing a lot of dollars uh to cover for the debts, but with that, when you print money, you create more debt because it is each note is debt is debt that is payable to the federal Reserve, so when the Federal Reserve prints, we get it and we pay, we we owe so there's so much there's so much there being printed, right. The problem here is that the printing, that debt has been given to the people and the wealth is continually going up towards, you know, the 1% of the 1%. This has caused already an issue among society. We already had, look, okay, so that, since last year, we look at the economy and it looked like it was doing great it looked like it was doing great. If you don't understand how the economy works and if you don't understand how the numbers are actually being displayed and if you don't know what's going on in the banking system. Last year, we, by the end of last year, we already were having banking issues. We were having a lot of repurchasing repos markets was, you know, it's horrible. It was horrendous. There was trillions of dollars being given all the time to the banks going on consistently week by week. Um, And now we have gotten to a situation that, you know, we had a pandemic that came and bursted the bubble quicker than we, well, actually we think this should have happened beforehand. And so. um,
1: Yeah, we were watching it. We were actually, I mean, the the COVID being the pin to the bubble is something we've been talking about for a while, Um, December, 2018, the last time that the Fed had raised the fed funds rate raised the interest rate uh the stock market slid 20% in december of 2018 that was primarily because of that credit crunch right they they the interest rate went up on debt and we can't service the debt so you know there's 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 there's, there's, there's a problem there so um yeah i mean this is like we've talked about the economy being bad up until covid that's what was worrying us in february is that well covid's coming now right um this is going to shut things down in a situation where the economy is already in a bad spot and that was the catalyst i mean that's yeah it was a
0: it was a large catalyst right it was big because it's something that happened it shut down the economy so it was on top of that and many many people you know doesn't matter what both political sides and other nations and all of that they all blame the crash of the economy on the pandemic but if you really look underneath this situation was going to happen one way or the other. Now, we can't say that the pandemic did not add to that because the pandemic really had made it worse because now you're totally shutting down the economy. So, you know, people that probably wouldn't have been hurt as much if there was a collapse now are really hurt. So this is where we go back to, you know, what we have going on right now. You know, we have racial tensions. We have, you know, law enforcement issues. We have a break. A breakdown in society, we have political issues, monetary, we have so much going on. Now it's brewing. You're really starting to feel the bubble of the heat, right? The the boiling bubbles. You're starting to feel, you know, the vapors coming out. We're feeling that heat and we know it's heating up even more. So um right now we're in the situation where we don't know what's happening next with the economy, right? So you know, let's go back January Behind the scenes, we already had a breakdown in the monetary and banking system. The Fed had to keep giving money, giving money. February rolled around and now we already had, you know, fears of the pandemic or the situation of the pandemic coming here to our shores. March rolls around. Now it's sure that it's going to be in our shores and that we have to start doing something. And that's when it all happened, right? the stock market crashed. Everything started to get closed. People started to get sick. There was worry. There was panic in the stores. There was, you know, political panic, all types of stuff was going on right in that moment. Now the government started to do stimulus packages and all of that to, you know, um, pretty much prop up the markets in the meantime to not cause more further fears, you know, cause if you're now, if you can't go to work because your company has shut down and you can't work from home let's say you're a laborer let's say you are a first responder that's not you know web is probably not a good you know probably not a good example but any other you know blue collars whatever they can't work from home now they can't go to the construction site or whatever they're at home probably not getting paid probably now have to go and get unemployment like everybody else unemployment system's not working you have to tap into your 401k. Now, if the stimulus packages weren't there to prop up the, the the stock market, the 401ks got hit when there was that dip, but it went up because of the stimulus. Now, if the stimulus wouldn't have happened and the 401ks would have continued to drop and the markets would have dropped and bottomed, up, bottomed out like 13,000 points, Dow Jones or something like that, then you really would have had crazy panic because people would be even more in fear now right now people are still in fear their 401ks are looking okay because the markets look well not comparative to the economy but the markets look well so that keeps people at bay but now you throw in a situation like what we just had with uh the murder of uh gentleman george you know um that just pretty much topped it off right people are already pissed off People are waiting for um, their unemployment checks. They haven't gotten them. Some people's unemployment's probably running out. Others are forced to go back to work. Some people are scared to go back to work because they're afraid of getting sick. Some people don't believe that there is actually a disease, so they want to go back to work. But some companies don't want to open up. Some states don't want to open up. Bro, we have all types of things. If you live in a in a in a in a left, a uh, Democrat run state like new jersey new york connecticut they don't want to open up and now if you are on the right you're angry because you want to go back to work you want the economy to open up because you don't many not all many don't believe that the pandemic is 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 serious they think that it was overstated and over you know and there was there was a lot of lies there now if you're in a republican state you live in florida live in texas and you're a liberal now you're really mad too because you're opening this thing you're in fear that people are going to get more sick and that you're forced to go out there and you have to work thinking that you're going to get sick there's a huge divide there who's right and who's wrong there's a little bit of right in both sides i do believe myself that the numbers were overstated i don't i don't think that you know look if 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 we're talking about the raw if every time there's something that's unknown it's better to overreact to underreact in my opinion because you ne- if with the unknown you have to always be on your feet and be hypervigilant. I prefer to be hypervigilant and I think it's because I was in the military and I did grow up in like, you know, rough neighborhoods and all of that. So being hypervigilant just means survival. Now, if the hypervigilance is being used against us to to implement certain policies and manipulate it and all that, that's an issue and that's what people on the right are saying, and I do believe that that's right. Now to say that there isn't something, then I'm not, the, I'm not the one to say that the disease is not true as far as is 5G and all that. No. And I'm not saying that 5G is something we shouldn't worry about. I do believe we should worry about 5Gs and the health consequences, but I don't believe that it's because, you know, you know, there's a lot of conspiracies out there and I, you could call me a conspiracy theorist. But the way I look at stuff, I look at things in a way that, you know, we have to be careful on what we believe and how we believe it and not go crazy believing certain things because now, you know, I do believe that there are people out there that use conspiracy theories to make people that want to look at the government objectively and what's going on to make everyone that wants to criticize and look at them in a loop with a loop to make us look like we're all crazy conspiracy theorists, Right. That happens.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people out there are kind of starting to wake up. They're like half woken up, right? Like people, I feel like have a common understanding that they don't trust the media. There's like this distrust, this general distrust of the media, but also like the ignorance of I'll still consume it anyways, I think. And so I think that people are like half woken up and they kind of get it, but um, but it's like, I I feel like the thing I always hear is, you know, I'm just so busy. Like what, what am I going to do type of thing? They could start by just even like being, having a little bit more skepticism and maybe not watching that kind of news reporting and turning, just doing a Google search, best independent journalist or whatever in this. Um, but I want to tie this back to Mike on quickly on the, the inequality, the wealth inequality that was caused, and like society itself, like we're right now, I feel like we're at the point where society has gone through its initial phases of, uh, of, uh, you know, 30 years of financial terrorism. And I think that society itself at a fundamental financial economic level, is was not in a good place, so that caused it to slowly over time start to cause little conflict pockets here and there. The racial stuff is the exception because that has always been around in this country. It's just being recorded more now, and I think that's a good thing because you know there needs to be accountability of all of this. Like if I'm going to be if I'm have the risk to go to jail because of anything I do in my life, like yeah, a, a, a police officer absolutely as well. And I have best friends that are cops. And, but at the same time, like, you know, um, that whole process of policing needs to change too. Even I listened to a whistleblower once, uh, it was a former cop who was saying that, you know, he's a whistleblower now because he fights back against the training programs and a lot of the academies, you know, cause they are very aggressive. They're militarized. You know, a lot of policing is very militarized now. So I think it's good that it's recording, but I think from a financial perspective and an economic perspective, we've known that for about 10 to 12 years now. Um, the top 0.1% of America has owned just about as much as the bottom 90%. I think that is playing into what we're seeing roll out now as time goes on as well. And I've heard an argument once that uh, we would see it in America, like, you know, Ben, Benjamin Franklin, I I believe said that America would tear it would, would kind of ruin itself from within. But um, you know, Typically, when that starts to happen, you see kind of these civil wars. You see, you see social unrest. And you see those disputes. And then, you know, one might ask, well, we haven't seen that in America yet. Uh, but I'd argue that, you know, if you look at a lot of these mass shootings that have taken place over the last ten years, there were a lot of them that were politically motivated, on one side or another. You had Antifa. You've got a lot of the, you know, the 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 nationalists, and you had Charlottesville, right? Like. And I think that those are were the beginning signs of seeing society really take these extreme sides and these groups and gangs Bro, you and could go even that are fighting. That. You could go yeah. before
0: that because you could go to the Unabomber. You could go to Waco. Waco documentary the other day, or that docu series movie that they have on Netflix, really shows there are groups of people that have been, you know, understanding things that we talk about now. These guys talked about it back then and we didn't have the internet the way we did now. So there has been this, this type of, you know, political, political situations and issues. And some people that do feel marginalized. Shit. You go back to the black Panther movement, black Panther movement, they were fighting for the rights of their people within the inner cities, Oakland, Chicago, and all that. And what we had was a massacre. We had a massacre that we found out that the FBI were murdering Black Panthers. Why? Why were they doing that? Because they were afraid of losing power within that community. So they broke up the community. That's why, coincidentally, around that time of the Black Panther movement, you had you know the heroin epidemic, and the Black Panther movement was trying to stop all of that from happening, from the breakdown. And within that society, if the Black Panthers would have been successful and they weren't stopped and they would have actually implemented what they wanted within their societies of actually educating and, you know, taking care of their neighborhoods like they were doing. Things would be totally different right now. They would be very different. But what the ru- the ruling elite, especially at the time, the one that actually was ordering all of this right? Within the FBI and fucking Nixon, you know, everyone's favorite president, Nixon, right? We know what they were trying to do. They were trying to, you know, hold them down. They were trying to put their their knees on the necks of the Black Panthers and they wiped them out. And then after that, what you had, you had a breakdown within the Black community and the Hispanic community with the crack epidemic. And then we see that the crack epidemic was really, you know, the catalyst to that was CIA bringing in all these fucking drugs to fund wars abroad in central america it goes oh, man if you really look at everything that's going on from from then now it's always the same thing there really isn't changes except that it's been we're getting closer to like the border of you know craziness it's right, a,
1: cra- yo? a crack it's a crack up it's a crack yes. up in society right i it's mean crack up it's been leading to
0: everything you yeah. know as as we get knowledge from the internet and mm-hmm. people and the world's getting closer We're really seeing, hey, there's something, because if you look at Europe right now, there's rioting going on in Europe, and it's not because, you know, because of what happened here with the death of of an African-American. It's because of something else when it comes to, you know, their retirement plans are being erased. Factories are closing down, so the unions are fighting back. But what what does that mean? Why is that happening there? Because of the same reason. There's the powers that be, the 1% taking advantage, right? Taking advantage. Same thing is going on in Asia. It's going on everywhere. It's just there's different subject matters, right? But when you start peeling the onion, it's always the same thing divide and conquer. We're having it different here. They're, they're exploiting our weaknesses. Our weakness here is racial disparity, um, economic disparity, uh, you know, the, the political divide. So they exploit that. And that's what we're seeing here. That's why when you see, you look at COVID, you have a divide. They've been able to divide the country on the fucking disease. They've been able to divide the country on racial situations. They've been able to divide the country on everything. They look at our weaknesses, bro. They use, they use analytics. They use analytics to see where our weaknesses are and they exploit it. And it's easy to say, well, who, 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 who? Who? Look at the Rockefellers. Look at Harry Kissinger. He's still alive and he's still freaking, he's still consulting. He's still running with the the console for relations. You have these groups, you have Bill Gates, you know, Bill Gates has been part of all of this too. You have so many people behind the scenes, you know, going back to COVID when everything got closed down, what wasn't closed down was Amazon. What wasn't closed down was Costco, Walmart, Mm -hmm. multinational corporations, big box business operating and profiting while small business was closed. And then they come and they release a stimulus package for small businesses. And who the fuck got them? All the big businesses. All the big businesses. Oh, we apologize. We'll give it back. How about you give that back plus interest and pay a fine on top of that? And that fine, use that fine to give it to the small businesses that lost money. Because till this day, those small businesses are not open. But Amazon keeps raking it in. And that's the whole purpose. This is where you see the inequality. The inequality is, hey, we want these small businesses to close up shop. Let them all go bankrupt. Because now that money is going to get funneled. Because people are not going to stop buying. Amazon could keep dropping prices because there's less competition. And they'll take the temporary hit, and then later on they'll profit from it, and they're profiting it right now, so
1: that's what I try to paint the, the 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 concept though of of there being this class of people that are around that actually are pulling the strings of society in this way um and 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 they're really manipulating what we're seeing so that we cannot unite together or we cannot unite within groups and 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 do things right. That is what I try to paint to people because I feel like a lot of people do get stuck on the racial stuff, um, but it's more than that. And I think that now is the chance to opt out if you can. And I think that you're starting to see that uh, the currency is one way. Um, you know, we've talked about Bitcoin. Well, what, what Bitcoin and Monero are, and especially Monero, if you want true privacy uh, and true financial privacy, um, you can decide to save in this and not go and open up a bank account. You can decide to opt out of the current financial system, which has fueled and allowed a lot of the inequalities to take place. A lot of this happened. They're all in the same community, right? All the corporate executives, the technocrats, the the the, the, the high thinkers, uh, presidents, um, bankers, they're all in this, this club. And it's this neo-feudal club and uh, there's a term as well called the Cantillian effect, uh, the Cantilian effect, where the way that the banking system yeah. is structured, it's that, you know, just like a pyramid, it's the first people, the banking, the money flows from the top and it comes down. And the first people that have access to it are a part of that club. And until people start having more information or taking this seriously, you know, that's going to continue to happen. But you have a chance right now to opt out. Doing what's going on right now with the protest is one way, right? Actually uniting together for something that's wrong. There are groups within the protest movements that we will have to watch out that will always manipulate, but that's always going to be there. They're always going to be there and they're a part of the same group of people that are really pulling the strings, right? Because they're doing that stuff because they're trying to cause other tensions and discredit people within these protests so they will not unite together. You can decide to opt out financially with crypto and the fed has already talked about rolling out a new digital dollar and like you know you and i believe that this is ultimately this could have i mean the, the chaos that ensued out of all of this stuff over the last month couple months could be the reason why uh could be the reason uh it could have been done on purpose uh to funnel people into this new digital economy and this new digital currency because there wouldn't have really been a faster way to do it otherwise Um, But you can opt out of that by deciding that even though that's available to you, you're going to use the privacy tools online and use a digital currency and be your own bank. Um, We need to start standing together, I think, in these ways. And, um, you know, I just, I just, again, I have a feeling that what we're seeing at this point is, is from a historical perspective, we know the empire of the United States is, is about kind of through a transitioning period. It's either going to end or it's going to become something new, maybe a world power type, uh, uh, you know, this global one world government type of thing. Um, But we know that the empire is coming to an end. And I think typically you see crackups in society when that starts to happen. We're not in a good place economically. Um, You know, and I, I feel like we're going that way, but I think because of the newer technologies that we've seen come out recently in the last couple of years, I think there is an escape. And I have a lot of hope that that's going to happen. Um, the digital dollar I think will be the totalitarian tool that will ultimately be be used by the U S government, because like we've talked about, China's doing it. Other countries are doing it. I mean, in general, if, if, if you want to stay competitive, right or wrong, they're going to do it anyways. Right. Um, and they're going to start tracking people and they're going to start, you know, and surveillance is going to get to a point where we've never seen it before. Um, but we can collectively at least have awareness and change that, right? Um,
0: yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think you know if we see the the transition here, that's why you know I I am the type that I do believe um, the whole coronavirus COVID-19 was you know a bioweapon on society and the world. It was a, a way to get people to accelerate the next step into you know, the new, this new world, this high tech new world order, right? Because it's just, it's too, it's too coincidental that this happened. And then they start to implement all types of regulations and technologies. Now, you know, they come up with China came up with their cryptocurrency. That's gonna, you know, pretty much get rid of their paper currency. United States is doing the same thing so fast, right? so fast, but it wasn't fast. They've been developing this with time. Now they just need to figure out a situation to actually implement it. And you implement it in troubled times. And if you look at all of the, you look at the, you know, the United Nations with what they're, they've been implementing their policies in the United States, China, and all of this, it's just too obvious that there's something going on, you know, behind the scenes. And this is where You know, this is where we're at now. We're in a situation that we're shifting from old economic policy to new. We're shifting probably away from the dollar, you know, to a digital currency. And what I think people don't understand about the digital currency is that um, the digital currency that will be coming into play will be totally different. You know, you won't be able to freely have money and spend it the way you want. Everything is going to be under a digital wallet that is going to be, connected directly to the federal reserve. That means that you won't have a regular traditional bank. Um, The way China is actually going to do it from, you know, what I read on um, RT and a couple other news sources is that, you know, you will have your money is going to be connected directly to their government. And if now you want a loan and everything, then you go to a bank. Or if you want to actually, you're going to have a limit, right? So under their system with the yuan, you will have a limit th- th- where, you know, I could pay you for a service, but now if it goes over a certain cap, now you need to identify it. It needs to be identified. And now if it's in the thousands or, you know, in the larger currency denominations, then now you have to go to a bank branch for pre-approval because they're trying to control everything and that's how they're doing it. And they'll be able to see where you spend your money. Here in America is the you know with the U.S. digital dollar that they're trying to implement with uh, the the Fed account. The Fed account is actually going to be used as a way to track where our money is. And the thing is, right? What's the problem? Privacy number one is a problem. On top of everything else that I could really go into, but right now privacy is the issue. We we will be used as a commodity everywhere that our dollar is going to be used is going to show how we spend and we're going to be bombarded with advertisements and it's going to, it's, it's to keep us in debt. You have to understand, right? If you choose to be in debt and that's where you want to live, then great. But the majority of Americans don't really want to be in debt, but we are bombarded with spend, 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 and it's easy to get caught up in debt because we live in a debt society. And now with this new digital currency, it might tend to really make us be enslaved into debt forever because we're going to get targeted. Right now, if you go on Facebook and any social media platform, you will be bombarded with ads because they have cookies that track your habits and they can listen to your conversations. And if you mention you want an iPad, 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 you hear it, your phone hears it, they'll bombard you with ads for that, right? That might tend you to spend when you didn't need to. So that will continue to put you in debt, which will enslave you and you, and it will, it will hold you back from climbing, you know, to get more wealth. There's a bunch of stuff, man. And it's really hard to get
1: into it, but yeah. Yeah. And well, no, it's, but it's debt is money. That's something that, you know, people don't understand um, is that debt is money and um, that normally doesn't happen. Money is not supposed to be debt money and sound money um, have been hard at That's Why gold has always been sound money, right? Gold is sound money. It's a fixed asset uh, with a low inflationary uh, rate because there's only so much of it that's introduced into the market annually because you have to mine it out of the ground um, and it's stable. So like you, you you, have savings, your savings, there's time, there's value of time in the future because you can save today and know it's gonna be worth more in the future, right? Um, people's salaries always go, they're, they're worth more money, right? Your, your dollar goes a longer way. But up until 1971, when Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard and we went to this fractional reserve banking system where we allow banks to make money now because what they do is they take the money that we deposit and then they, they, they only keep 10% of it on hand and then they dice it up and they create more money out of it out of credit because credit is considered the same category as physical money. They're both, they're both allow you to have purchasing power. Um, but credit is not physical. It's not tangible. It's not real, right? Um, but it's still considered money. And the only way that you grow the money supply in that system is by indebting someone else. Debt is money. So it's you have this constant enslavement that goes on, where you need to you need to provide issue more debt because that equates to more income, more money, um, you know, and it's being hoarded. At the top, 0.1 percent, because it's it's just that's how the banking system is. Is that that's that's what takes place, um, and you know, and and, and it's, it's and that's got to change. Um, and but the digital dollar does give a government or anyone the ability to manipulate it in this way. So we're gonna go one of two ways with this digital dollar. Um, we knew this experiment was gonna happen. Again, Andreas Antonopoulos said there's three forms of money. We'll see come out of Bitcoin. Uh, or or after Bitcoin, the technology the innovation, the invention of the Bitcoin blockchain blockchain um, is we'll see money for the people. We'll see money for governments, and we'll see money for corporations. Money for corporations we've seen with Facebook and their new Libra project. Uh, money for the people are like Monero and Bitcoin, decentralized, not controlled by anyone. Money for governments. This will be the first one. Um, and I, I remember when I first started reading about Bitcoin, Um, I had, I had thought initially like this could go one of two ways. I mean, this could be great for people, but at the same time, it's open source code. So now any government could technically create, you know, the financial tool that we all worry about. But what also does kind of give me, uh, you know, it makes me feel good about governments trying to issue this stuff is I don't think it's going to work. Ultimately. I don't think it's going to work. You
0: don't think it's going to work.
1: I don't think it's going to work. I think that they're going to experiment because they have to, but ultimately they're going to fail because, um, because decentralized hard fixed cap currencies still exist alongside central bank digital currencies, central bank digital currencies are centralized and they're just a glorified dollar. There's no difference than the dollar right now, right? I can issue, I could have the digital dollar and still issue as many digital dollars as I want, which is the same thing as what we have now with fiat currency. The only difference is that I have a much more efficient system. I have a programmable system, and um, in in like the new innovations of blockchain. But like, it's still not a fixed hard cap money. So you're still in this like kind of this kind of financial system where it's debt, debt, debt. Um, and I still think there's going to be game theory in play. Competition among nation states on whose will be adopted, um and I think that that experiment will go on, but it goes back to the video we saw with Putin, where he kind of brushed off the whole comment about a russia coin. Um, individuals like him still understand that what makes crypto assets different is if they are truly decentralized independent assets. and um I think we're going to see the experiment play out where it's going to get adopted in the US. and I think society's going to use it. I think that we could get to a point of totalitarian control with it, but people can still opt out if they want to, as long as they're willing to just not listen to their government, which, as we're seeing right now, right? It doesn't take much for a population to get so pissed off at one at your government to just not follow the rules anymore. So I, I, I kinda see that happening. You know, I
0: think you're right to a certain extent, because if we as a society and as a people really fight back and push for decentralization and we get to um, you know, expand the knowledge to others and we all understand how this works and we could educate and come together to push back on that, I think yes, I think you you are right it wouldn't work for governments to have a centralized currency in that way. But Currently the way I see things i don't I see the opposite. I see it that there will be a digital currency I think there will be i think the goal is that there will be just one digital currency that's centralized and that's where everyone has to use and I think that's the long term goal that will be we're getting closer to I think in the meantime the opt out is going to work as long as we continue to you know to educate and push our agenda for ourselves as as citizens of society trying to be independent from that and gain the wealth for ourselves and not for the you know the aristocrats and all of that and the technocrats what i do see right now from what and if things go on the way or continuously going on a breakdown breakdown society people not learning people being deceived and allowing themselves to be deceived what i see you know it sounds you know sounds negative but What I see is that in the meantime, we're gonna have groups of people that are educated about what's really happening and they'll be opting out as long as they can. And we will see a digital dollar being implemented currency. We'll see some nations doing the same. And then we will see a digital currency war. We will see I think we will see a world war in our time. Currency will be part of that war because for there to be a superpower, the superpowers always want their currency to be in play. They always want to control that. So right now, China has theirs that they're trying to really implement. United States has the same. United States is in fear of losing the petrodollar and a lot of the stuff that has to do with the dollar. The United States is going to want other nations to take that. They, the United States is in a situation that they have lost ground around the world when it comes to diplomacy and influence. China has implemented themselves and instilled themselves through purchasing of, of um, ports, you know, funding stadiums and roads and all these projects around the world. Now these countries are indebted to China. So now these countries probably will have to accept their currency. It's gonna go back to World War One and World War II. Are you gonna be an Axis power or an Allied power? The currency is gonna come into play. Are you gonna be with this currency or that currency? And that, in the meantime, we will have opt-out currencies and, to, and there's gonna be a lot of that coming into play.
1: That's why I'm wondering, that will, we won't know ultimately what currency becomes the reserve currency, the new reserve currency of the world that will replace at least fiat dollars, right? It won't be until that exact moment that you said, Mike, because I've been thinking about this in the background too, because if nation states are creating their own digital currencies, what happens when one of the largest nation states or something says, oh, and we also have the largest stock reserve, stockpile reserve of Bitcoin in the world or something like that. Does that at that point make Bitcoin more important than even like a nation state currency, or is it maybe just all on how the financial system's set up, right? I keep coming back to this Putin comment. I keep coming back to this comment because and i don't know if they're thinking like they might peg their currencies off of bitcoin because that is the only that is the alternative that I can see playing out with this is that we look at gold right now as gold is um Gold is a a safe asset, but it's it's also like a reserve as well. Like countries reserve gold. They have gold reserves, right? And then we used to peg our currencies off of gold, right? But when I hear about the concept of Bitcoin being the new digital gold and also uh, it being like the new reserve currency of the world in the future, I think I've heard about it in that concept where ultimately currencies would have to be pegged off of a new reserve currency in order to have a price. Just like the U.S., all the currencies in the world right now are priced against the US dollar, right? It's what's the dollar in euros, what's the dollar in yen. But in the blockchain world, that's gonna have to happen again. That's gonna all have to get rewritten again. And it's either one of two things happen. One of the nation states wins out and they are the world power and they decide that like my digital whatever currency will be the reserve currency. Bitcoin can be like gold is right now for fiat. Kind of you can you can save in it if you want, you can trade in it, whatever. Or it's that Bitcoin becomes understood and accepted as the reserve currency, the reserve technology that everyone else's uh, government central bank currencies are pegged off of. So then the exchange rate, instead of being like, right now, where it's against dollars, what's the euro in dollars, it would be like, "What's the euro in Bitcoin? What is, what is it priced in Bitcoin? Because that's what I see right now existing in the current and I know the market can change. the crypto market can change, but up until today, you know, in the crypto market, it's, it's, everything's priced in Bitcoin. Bitcoin is in that world right now, like the reserve currency really. So I'm just, I, I think it's gonna be at that point though, where we either see one, one system come into power and maybe that's probably what the reserve, whoever the world power turns out to be over the next you know, century. Um, and does their currency take over as a reserve currency or is it ultimately pegged against Bitcoin? And do they understand that whoever has the largest stockpile of Bitcoin has the largest stockpile of that reserve currency? I'm speculating. I'm just throwing up. You no, know,
0: I, I I get I get what you're saying. I don't think I don't think Bitcoin will be placed in that light as a as an international type of thing like that. I think Putin, you know, with what he said, it works in the meantime, while there is battles of currency going on, while there is multitudes of digital currency in the background. Right now, you do need a Bitcoin if you are a country that is not the United States or in the EU or China. You need a Bitcoin to be an alternative. You know, like Russia was sanctioned. They were sanctioned for years, right? They had their ruble collapse. So, as a way to, and also now the the oil, you know, industry has crashed, right? Even though they're coming back up slowly, but still, you know, Russia's the majority of their economies based off of their oil. Um, You know, crypto, especially Bitcoin helps them in the short term, helps them in the short term. That's where, you know, you do want the situation to work. His what he's saying does make sense with the majority of countries around the world are in the same boat as Russia, right? You look at um, Venezuela, Bitcoin is gold, right? Right now, they don't have gold. They're, they're, by, they're fighting against England to get back their gold. So they need a Bitcoin. Bitcoin will work up to a certain extent for international purposes, right? Once you have nations like the United States and China and the EU implement their larger currencies that are digital, they will do everything in their power to splinter the system of Bitcoin and other cryptos. And that's where we will, as individuals, continue to, you know, play around with it. We'll have, you know, our, our um, the cyber hackers and all of that, our, our cyberpunks coming up with ways to, you know, go around that. And you're always going to have a black market, which is where, uh, you know, a Bitcoin and all of that will shine, right? Because the black market is not a place where you only do illegal stuff. It's to keep the eyes of the government off of you this is where crypto crypto actually worked very well right is because you wanted to get away from the prying eyes of government
1: yeah and so, the, even the point that you bring up about like bitcoin right now being it is it it's safe right now because everything else is all screwed up kind of thing that's exactly how gold kind of works i think is that and that's why you don't see gold really bought in large volumes until there's recessions or like because it's when there's economic uncertainty, everyone just agrees that like gold has value. It's just thousands and thousands of years, right? So that does make sense. In that aspect, though, it does kind of become it does it does become a gold, you know. I in that in that aspect, and in, and in, in that that's probably what that's a, actually a good option of what will play out, where Bitcoin just becomes like what they say, digital gold um, as an asset that you can flock to when there's financial uncertainty or whatever's going on until the new system's in place and new world world power's in place again. And then they kind of set the game rules on how the economy is really going to function and stuff. Right. Kind of like we did after World War II.
0: Well, bro, well, you know, going back to, if the government's trying to implement all of these policies to subdue us, right. They're not going to, they're going to try to not allow us to dabble in other currencies. They make it really hard right now for us, you know, for us to even mess around with gold it's not easy. There's a, you know, you got to go, go through a bunch of loopholes and everything now with a new digital age and with new laws that really, you know, decrease our freedoms, all it takes, I'm telling you, all it takes is a new world war to happen. There's rumors of wars. There's escalation of wars, United States and China are in a cold war. And it's, it's not hot yet, but it's heating up. You're having a lot of tension in the South China Sea right now. Hong Kong is practically is going to lose a sovereignty. That might be rolled up, rolled out to Taiwan. The, you know, this, what all this means is that tensions are escalating. When you have situations like a world war, rights are taken away, right? This is why the situation that we're in right now is very scary For people like you and I, because we know that when there is war, when there's war, like remember 2001, we had Afghanistan and then Iraq, you had the Patriot Act, you had all of these new policies put into play and regulations, rights were taken away. Now you could even like, if you, you can't even do business with, with people in Iran because, you know, the SWIFT system, they're embargoed and all that. It's a bunch of shit you can't do because of it. And to take away that power. So if there is a world war or close to it, I'm telling you that the government will look at ways to actually, so, you know, oppress digital currency and all of that as much as they can, which is why it behooves us to really look at, you know, cryptocurrency, you know, look at Monero, Bitcoin and, and others that are really good and try to diversify as much as you can, you know, have some safe keepings, look for ways to really have that now before it's too late because if there is certain laws that come down the pipe it could happen when there is a digital currency war or a currency war it doesn't even have to be digital it's a currency war we're seeing it we're seeing it of
1: it's, it's been here kind of the whole time
0: it's been here the whole time you know, and it's been amplifying. The trade war was-
1: started because China was devaluing their currency. That's a currency war. You start exactly manipulating currencies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. there's a manipulating of currencies and now there's a digital currency coming into play away from the dollar and away from the yuan and all of that. It's come Crazy, on now. Man. Yeah. This that means something's gonna happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we've been uh and that's one of the benefits to subscribing to the nonconformists is that we do talk about a lot of these topics and it's almost really easy for people. So I've had some subscribers that have uh, told me that, you know, I was looking for information before, but getting a weekly email is just kind of nice because I can kind of hear some of the truths that are actually going on within the markets and stuff. Um, and like, I think we believe that crypto assets are the future and privacy is definitely the future. And that's one of the benefits that, you know, people do get from um, actually listening to us and if you had been listening to us since last September, you probably would have been doing pretty good on your gold and, and or crypto at this point. So, you know, it's, that's one of the things, man, is it's just information, it's information and then how to get the information and then how to weed through the information. Right. Um, but yeah, the
0: information it's key because it's hard to get information right now because yeah, Google, Google is a. You know, it's centralized now. It's controlled. It's hard to find the information you want. You gotta really dig in in there, and it's really tough, man. They're trying to they're trying to suppress as much as they can, and you know that's a whole another discussion we have. And you know, we talk about freedom of speech and everything, and all oh, these are private corporations. You know, they could do whatever they want. They have their terms and conditions. Yeah, but when we are trans transitioning into a digital world where everything now will be digital. Think about it. We were in quarantine. Everything had to be done digitally. If there's not a lot of, you know, if you can't really live a life because you have to live it through the, you know, you know, the internet, then, you know, the telephone was that, right? AT&T was broken up. The bell was broken up because of freaking um, monopoly, right? They looked at telephone is now a way of life and that it can't be monopolized because that's the only way for you know, us to live and communicate and all that. I'm sorry, the internet's the same thing. Google, it's the same thing. I'm sorry, you guys became too big and you, know, you sucked in the power and now everything has to be done through the internet. Now, you know that to me is a monopoly and I prefer it to be broken up so it can be decentralized and be what it used to be, free. It's not, So same thing, Facebook. Facebook, man, everything's done through Facebook. Yeah. The the Arab Spring was created through Facebook. Uh, you know, you gotta have to. It's gonna have to be broken up. I'm sorry, man, mm-hmm. because if we want if we want freedom, then we need to break it up.
1: So. Well, we support freedom here. We support freedom of privacy, and um, not in a bad way either. But it's just a God given right, right? It's an inherent right to privacy, and it's definitely what what I know. I signed my name on the dotted lines to defend at the time, and. My beliefs and my beliefs are still fundamentally there that like you know the yankees the americans kind of have this kind of rough and tough uh, mentality and and there is uh you know this hardcore belief in freedoms and rights in in this country um a lot of that gets skewed unfortunately with certain organizations and stuff but um i support privacy in this information because it does lead to freedom, which leads to prosperity, which leads to better economies, which leads to a better world for everyone, to be honest. So
0: exactly. You know. It's not about, oh, I don't have anything to hide. No, you're mm. not getting it. The same the same argument I have with people of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is not only to defend your home and defend, you know, just in case you get robbed. No, it's to defend against a tyrannical government. A government that that is subversive and then come to take everything away from you and and you know pretty much create a, a enslavement society that's why the second amendment was there same thing with privacy privacy is so that you know you could have your ideals and nobody could come and persecute you for them for having whatever thoughts you have if you believe in whatever religion you're jewish you're christian you're muslim you're atheist you know privacy is supposed to protect you from you know actually having what whoever's in charge, whatever is empowered to go and persecute you, same thing if you believe in Bitcoin, you believe in the dollar, and that's your philosophy that nobody should be trying to infringe upon you, whatever your privacy behind that is it, that's why it's important that's why right now, I do still believe that the u s Constitution and the Bill of Rights is one of the best you know you know documents to protect our individual freedoms now if you you know I can't say that. You know, for me, it works best, maybe for people in other countries, it doesn't. That's why each country has their own parliament. They have their own constitution. But here in America, we need to protect it because if not, we're going to look like others that we always criticized. All right. We will. We already have been curated to be individuals that we are supposed to work together as a community community has been broken we need to get the community back we need to start talking amongst our communities if we get into our communities and we try to forge strong relationships within the communities then the communities themselves will attach with the other communities and build a larger one and that's how we have to we need to start fixing things within within our households right it starts within ourselves we need to really work on ourselves right I struggle with this daily. I try to, I'm trying to become a better person. And same thing here in the household, try to do the best. We have to, you know, make sure our, if we we strengthen our family bonds and, you know, try to work things out because we are, we all we got, right. Is us build that, then build the communities around you, work with your communities, you know, and continue that way from in out so that we can live in a great society, we can live and have more equality. We don't need to have a government, say that, you know, impose communism and all that so that we could all be equal and have, you know, we don't need that. We ourselves could do that. We could do that. We just need the right tools and we need to push back on government. Government needs to represent us and it's not currently. The only way it will represent us correctly is if we, work within our communities that's why it goes back to we our communities are super divided we have different bro if you look at new york city there's five boroughs and and each borough is different and then within the boroughs there's multiple communities and this you have like the bronx you look at the bronx and you think of well it's poverty but when you go in the bronx there's poverty in the south bronx but if you go to riverdale which is in the bronx super rich you got five million dollar homes what does that mean that means that there, there's this disconnect there But if we work within all of that and we connect it and we could, you know, come to conclusions, we're always going to be different. But if we could have those balances, then the government will match us. Until then, we will have anarchy and chaos and it's not going to work. And right now it's not working. And right now people are not learning. We need to spread the right news. Don't fucking don't be religious when it comes to politics, please. Republican and Democrat. At the end of the day, work for the same people. Okay? Don't allow them to manipulate you. They say cool things because they know where to get you. Stay away from that. You know, let's try to, you know, we need many more political parties. That's the only way we are going to be able to actually have more power to manage. We need to do that. If not, you know, we're going to go into a one world order and we don't know who's going to be in charge and if it's Any example of what's going on now, it's not going to be us. It's going to be the ones that are oppressing. And that's when, you know, it's going to be more miserable than what it is now.
1: Cool, man. Well, we're building our community. If you want to go over to the nonconformist.io forward slash subscribe. You can join our new newsletter that is just Yeah, coming go out.
0: go get lost in that webpage. You know, there's a bunch of stuff there. We we have we talk about crypto, we have uh talk about Bitcoin, we talk about Monero, we have you know cool products in there if you guys are interested in, you know, looking for you know, nootropics, gear, st- gear to like, you know, you're into knives or you know, outdoor stuff, like there's everything that we like we put in there and people could just get lost in that themselves. Um, also we have our newsletter. We talk about, you know, different things on the news that we see, you know, we talk a little bit about everything cause you know, this is, you know, we created this because we have, you know, we talk about this all the time. We talk with other people and we thought this is a good way to, you know, get in touch with the community. Right. Yeah. So, and you know, yeah. we get great feedback all the time from people we have a bunch of listeners and they're always saying, Oh, we know they like, they support us and they've been showing us love and they keep asking us for more. And we're trying to, you know, we're trying to, you know, get more out there, you know, so bear with us, but we love the feedback. you know we are happy that we have people that are you know like-minded and also unlike-minded because we also we can't be a silo of information we need other types of ideologies in here where we could dialogue debate and actually come up with better conclusions that's what actually carries on the evolutionary path for humans where we could survive right we need that so you know let's you know let's keep building this community
1: yeah and it's good and that's ultimately what we're doing here you know a lot of people had said to us you know i I want the stock updates i want the information in a document that i can just get to it and the newsletter came out of that so you know we're providing you value in that and uh it's worth stuff like there's a lot of good stuff baked into it you know if you do join you'll be have access to a community of all of us that think the same way trying to spread this information um, and then we do give Scott stock alerts. I give an over overview of the crypto markets. We give an update on the metals markets. So,
0: and we've, you know, you know not, to, the, not to be cocky or anything, but you know, we have, we're not talking BS because you could go back to our episodes back in last year and you could listen to all of our episodes and see if, if what we have been saying has been tr- coming true or not. We've been saying this for a while. A lot of the things that we've been saying about oil back in in September, all these things you little by little, and it's not we're psychic because we're not any more intelligent than anybody else. But we're looking into the information that that has been covered up. We are we take our time. We really go into it, and we're like you know we're trying to spread the news to our family members for ourselves. We just want everyone to be alert so that they're not freaking left in the dust because the technocrats are ahead of the game. We need to be right behind them. Right behind them so that we could survive and so that we could get wealth and all of that. We could be happy and, and, you know, and decide for ourselves. So.
1: All right, man, let's go watch this SpaceX launch.
0: Yeah. All right. Awesome.
1: All right, guys. Take care, y'all.
0: Stay safe.